0: Money FM eighty nine point three Best of Weekends.
1: International News Review. I'm getting word that the first European fatality due to the coronavirus has happened. A eighty year old Chinese tourist that was infected with the coronavirus died in France, and becoming the uh, the first in Europe, the fourth outside of mainland China, uh, from this uh, ongoing epidemic. And Steve Oaken, the uh, senior advisor for McClarty Associates, is with me now for our international news review. Steve, uh, uh, this is going to pose an interesting challenge as we look at leadership around the world uh, in the wake of this virus.
0: Now, that's exactly right, GVZ, you know, and obviously most people are focused on the health impacts and the economic business impacts. But something that's going to come down the road are the political impacts in each country and how each country is handling the coronavirus. And no one really has more at stake right now, of course, than Xi Jinping in China.
1: Mm. And there's some documents that are coming out that are indicating that he knew more earlier on about COVID-19 uh, than was previously uh, known publicly. Is this sort of the basis of, of a new problem that he has to deal with, uh, at least from the optics standpoint? You know, for sure. And
0: we have to start with where, you know, the Chinese Communist Party is, what controls they have, how popular they are in many ways in China. And they have survived terrible tragedies from a political perspective. You know, in 2008, in the Sichuan earthquake, almost 80,000 people are died Mm. or missing. And a lot of those were school kids. And a lot of those school kids died because there was corruption, where people were buying off the need to have school buildings that were properly constructed to withstand an earthquake. So the party has handled terrible tragedies. But what's happening here is you have a different era with social media. You have a different era because this is a global impact, not just in China. And when we now learn that Xi Jinping knew about the coronavirus on January 7th, but didn't say anything publicly for two weeks, that's got some explaining to do, not just how the locals in Wuhan handled it and yeah. Hubei handled it, but how he handled
1: it. Well, of course, they've gotten rid of some of the leaders in, in Hubei already in the, in the wake of, you know, somebody had to fall on the sword. So uh, here you go, right? Uh, but it has a greater implication across the region as well. Um, we look at Hong Kong, we look at Indonesia, to a lesser extent Malaysia, and, and even right here in Singapore. They're, they're, you know, the governments are all concerned about uh, about, first of all, Doing what needs to be done, but secondly, what political implications there might be. You
0: know, and you see, you see the spectrum in terms of how you communicate with your citizens. Where the Chinese held back, had they been more public earlier on, we would not be as in the same situation we are today. The virus might have been contained better. So the Chinese have to deal with that. Then you're here in Singapore, where the government is wide open mm. about counting all of the cases. Where were the people? How do you, you know, how do you? Take steps to avoid the coronavirus, but still continue to go on and live your lives. And you get, you know, daily, actually three times a day, messages from the government on exactly what's happening. And then you look in Indonesia, which claims that there are zero cases. (laughs) That, you know, maybe that's the case, but no one I know believes it's possible that Indonesia can have zero when Malaysia and Vietnam and Singapore (laughs) all do.
1: Yeah. And we haven't really talked much about about Vietnam or. and their situation there they have some cases they haven't really gone overboard on talking about it the leadership there and and the business environment there do you think that's going to be taking much of a hit? Of course, you know, it's been kind of a, a darling on the business scene over the past couple of years. No, I think Vietnam is going to be
0: taking more of a hit. And if you look at the difference between Singapore and Vietnam and I think how they're handling the crisis when it comes to education is a perfect example. So Vietnam, which seems to be publicly in about the same position as Singapore, has shut schools. Through the end of March. Whereas Singapore takes a very pragmatic approach, says the best way, right, to, to deal with the virus is to keep the schools open because the schools are a con- controlled environment. We can temperature check everybody. We can have the proper protocols in place to make sure this is as clean an environment as possible. Whereas if we close the school, the kids would just be going everywhere and yeah. and actually be less safe. So Singapore takes a very pragmatic approach. They've put all the protocols in place to keep the schools as clean um, and as healthy as mm. possible, more so than other places. And you see the system here working, whereas Vietnam is going to go more towards the China model, which is shut everything down.
1: Right. And that's not necessarily going to solve. Anything. yeah yeah of course you know the the human cost the human toll the human impact is first and foremost the you know most important about this but you know this cannot help but affect people 's impressions about how their government operates right you mentioned Indonesia you know head in the sand basically from what it appears to be no cases whatsoever um, as we look at at Singapore you know an election coming up within the next year or so although it has not been announced uh, it should uh, on one side of at least, give people confidence, more confidence in the government that it can handle a big uh, situation like this, uh, especially coming off of SARS uh, and other things. No. And, and, and you know, we had expected, you know, we publicly there
0: has been talk that the election would have been, you know, in Q1 or more likely Q2 of this year because Singapore has to call its election, bef, you know, in Jan, by January yeah. or early February of 2021. That, of course, is getting pushed back. You're not going to have a political campaign now. You can't bring people together to sure, vote. Sure. Maybe it slips to Q3, Q4. Maybe even happens at the very beginning of yeah. 2021. But the people here would seem to me are having more confidence in the government. It's doing the right thing. It's communicating, and it could increase the vote that the you know the PAP the the party here mm. has. Whereas you see countries that aren't handling it so well, it's going to cause a crisis in confidence. Look, no one expects the CCP, you know, the the, the Chinese Communist Party to go anywhere. Same as in Vietnam, but they're going to be under a lot of stress because they're handling it very differently than a transparent government is handling yeah,
1: Malaysia it. Malaysia has been an interesting – so I mean they've announced a few cases and they've done a little bit, but they, they haven't really taken a strong position – uh, of, uh, you know, on, on the health protection side. Uh, are businesses, there concerned about what's happening in, in Malaysia?
0: Well, what you're seeing, well, I would say businesses everywhere are concerned mm. mainly because of the economic impact out of China. You know, China was about 4% of the world's GDP during SARS, it's right. 16% now. The, the recession that is, Prime Minister Lee said he thinks is going to come to Singapore would certainly come to Malaysia as well. The economies are yeah. pretty similar in, in, in certain respects and certainly in their dependence upon China to to fuel growth in this Mm -hmm. part of the world. So the economic impact is going to hit everybody equally, whether you have 60 cases or 30 cases or 120 cases. You're seeing the same type of travel restrictions that are being done by businesses – in fact, I had a, a, a company I was supposed to go visit, Malaysia, and they said, well, we're going to have to check with our HR, whether you can come <laughs> because you're coming from Singapore. <laughs> and So it's
1: it is happening everywhere. It's ironic because, you know, the, the one country in this region that's actually telling everybody about all their cases and then other countries are holding it against them, yeah. you know, uh, here in Singapore uh, saying, "Whoa, too many cases. When in fact, if you uh, I would imagine if the other countries were reporting accurately, it would be a, there would be similar numbers, if not more.
0: Yeah, and based on size and you know, and look at the United States, because we have, you know, they're they're taking the the American passengers off of the cruise ship oh. and bringing them back to the U.S. now. But now they're saying you're going to have to go into a 14-day quarantine right. in the United States upon your return. And they're angry at that. Whereas here, everybody accepts that, yes, if you go to a place or if you've been exposed to the coronavirus, it's proper yeah. for you to stay home for 14 days, uh, you know, and limit your contact as much as possible. That's not real. Really going to work, I don't think, in the United States. Mm. So we'll see what happens if the outbreak really hits there and whether the, the Trump administration
1: is capable of uh, dealing with it. Oh, uh, interesting, interesting days ahead, of course. Well, Steve Oken, thank you very much for joining us this morning to talk about the coronavirus impact on politics and business. Here at Money FM. Thank you, GVZ. To
0: listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sG